Hi there, and welcome back to another episode of Mark G. Richardson's hit podcast series, Remodeling Mastery. This series is brought to you by Surefire Local. This week, Mark talks about innovation and the tips you can use to put towards your business. Over to you, Mark. Hi, I'm Mark Richardson, and welcome to Remodeling Mastery. Remodeling Mastery is a podcast series that's designed to help you reflect and think about your business. What I try to do is take different topics, topics that I'm hearing out in the marketplace, topics that I feel like, you know, are really relevant and more forward thinking so that you can really reflect and think about your business. This particular podcast in this series is actually supported by the National Association of the Modeling Industry, NERI, as well as Professional Modeler Magazine, certainly a leading publication in the industry. And it's actually produced by my friends at Surefire Local, so I want to thank them for that. I take different topics in this series, topics that relate to your team, to your product, uh, to your business, how to think about things, the consumer, the environment, fitness, all these different kind of topics. The topic that's really resonating for me right now that I want to talk about today is the whole subject of innovation. The theme for the Extreme Sales Summit coming up in Philadelphia on September 6th and 7th is innovative selling. And I've been thinking a lot about this particular topic, but I'm trying to think about it in a little bit more holistic way as it relates to your business. You know, if you look at kind of the environment out there today, there's a lot of arrows that are pointing up. We're continuing to see home appreciation being solid. Interest rates are in a pretty good place. Certainly the stock market has, from the crash to today, has gone up over 400%. And as a result, it's created kind of a wealth effect out there. We're dealing with a housing demand that's very, very high, very low unemployment. So when you look at all these things, they all add up to a lot of consumer confidence. However, we also see a consumer changing in all this. Not only we see the consumer changing in terms of certainly the demographic changes of the baby boomers certainly getting older, but also the millennials coming in and starting to buy up the homes certainly a little bit later in life, but also, you know, very focused on remodeling. There's also a level of transparency out there today as it relates to, I think, remodeling projects and remodeling products and remodeling prices. You know, today I think the consumer in many ways knows more about the products than you do, in large part because the Internet. They know more about pricing than you do, in large part because of the Internet. But also, what's interesting is they know more about you in many ways than you know about yourself, in large part because of the level of reviews and and, and activity that's happening out there. So I think all this kind of adds up to really, I think, a need on everyone's part to get creative, get innovative in terms of how they're not only thinking about their business, but certainly how they're doing their business moving forward. You know, I think this subject of innovation, you know, what is it? You know, a friend of mine said in a award speech a long time ago something that really hit a chord for me, and that is if business is not changing, it will become irrelevant. 
Becoming irrelevant is like the ultimate insult, the insult not only to your clients and your projects and your team, but it's an insult to yourself and to your family. So I think this notion that really hit a chord for me when he said this was, you know, change is not an option. And I think if you're going to change, why don't you change in a positive way? Why don't you change in an innovative way? As you look at innovation as it relates to your business, there's a lot of really legs to it. You know, innovation in your business really is inspiring. It gets your team excited. I would even argue, looking at those businesses out there that I work with and touch, those that are more innovative are actually the ones that become magnets for the talent. They don't necessarily think about labor shortages out there because, quite frankly, they're innovative, and that really draws in the inspiration and draws in the right kind of people. You know, innovation is also motivating. It's motivating for your team. It's motivating certainly for your clients. It's motivating for yourself. When you get up in the morning, you know, are you feeling like it's a trudge or are you feeling kind of excited to try something new and innovative? And it also makes it fun. You know, innovation in business today, it needs to have more fun. Innovative is also a differentiator. You know, what makes you different from the rest of the pack? Well, in large part, if you're doing more innovative things, maybe you can start to use it as a differentiator. And it's very much focused on future thinking, not necessarily past thinking. You know, this is an industry that's really been focused so much of this is the way we always have done it. This is our process, as opposed to what does the future look like? Once you even take your team and you start talking more about the future, you're going to see, I think, their their level of enthusiasm about what they're doing is going to change pretty dramatically. So I really want to get into this subject in more detail, uh, and I'm going to give you, I think, what I'm seeing out there is a few examples, examples of thinking, examples of stories that are coming up. But also I want to really highlight, if you're really inspired by some of this podcast and other innovation thinking, you really kind of owe it to yourself and some of your key team members to come to the Extreme Sales Summit in Philadelphia on September 6th and 7th. You know, at this sales summit, the theme is innovative selling. Be focused on having a futurist talk about the future consumer. Focus on companies that are doing innovative things in terms of uses of technology and virtual and augmented reality. We'll be even having outside organizations coming in and talking about how they're looking at innovation. For example, Tesla or the medical industry and how they're doing online visits as opposed to in-home selling but also drilling more specifically into the trenches of your business and focusing also on lead generation and innovative techniques of generating opportunities, as well as, you know, inspiring salespeople and certainly sales meetings themselves, making them more fun and innovative. So I encourage you to really check it out. Go online, certainly with Professional Remodeler magazine. You can search the Extreme Sales Summit for September 6th and 7th. And that, I think, follows really the theme that I'm going to be talking about today.
So with that being said, let me talk about, and I've jotted down, and there's so many examples I think you can come up with, both within your business, but also outside your business, of, you know, just innovative stories, innovative examples, innovative kind of thinking that is going on in the industry that I encourage you to kind of weave into kind of your mix and how you look at things. One example is there's a company up in Wisconsin, my friend Brian Gottlieb. He did some very innovative things, and I think that, that it, it, it's highlighting, I think, something that really, I think, makes a difference not only to you and your business and your people, but also makes a difference in the community. You know, he's actually in the window replacement business as well as other things. And one of the things he realized that, you know, there's an opportunity here to do something with these old windows. So one of the things he did was he said, let's make it really more of a charitable opportunity. Let's take some of these old windows. Let's give them to local artists to actually paint and decorate these windows and then take these windows in a charitable way and actually sell the windows, the old windows that have become art, as a charitable exercise for the community. He raised in the course of it not only thousands and thousands of dollars, he utilized something that would, would have been ended up in a dump, but also, you know, was really able to get a level of publicity about his interest and interest in the community and causes that really made a difference, a big, big difference to his team. The second example of innovation I see out there, and I know this is a subject that I think many that I get out and talk to at different organizations, there's a little bit of a rub in, in terms of believing that this is the case, and that is more of an interactive online selling experience as opposed to a kitchen table type of selling experience. I'm seeing it coming very, very quickly. As a matter of fact, at the Extreme Sales Summit, we'll take you through a demonstration of actually how it's being done in the real world. But the reality is there's so much technologies wrapped around the home. There's so much of an opportunity for people in terms of being time-starved and not wanting to have these laborious kind of meetings with clients you know, in the home to do more utilizing video technologies and many of the technologies out there. My friend Dale Thornberry actually has developed some technologies in this and actually took me through a demonstration of my own home that I want to just share with you briefly because it was really not only very informative, but it also gave me a dimension that, quite frankly, I could not get across the table and in a face-to-face. So he simply asked me to go out and take a few photographs of my home. And his particular focus was really more on exterior kinds of remodeling activities. So I took a few photographs. I immediately sent those to him. The next day, literally within 24 hours, we were having an online meeting with people in multiple parts of the country talking about my home. They leveraged the satellite technologies. They zoomed in on my home. They spun my home all around. They even had the conversations about my home and the views in a creek or stream that wraps around the side of my home. We also zoomed out and we looked at what the neighbors were up to, which I found very kind of interesting and kind of curious, and it made it a very interactive discussion. When we actually got to the actual exterior renovations of my home, you know, they asked me a lot of questions in terms of have you considered this or have you ever thought about this or what if, you know, you, you had a change in terms of the entry. Even though the focus was not about the entry of the home, they were 
had an opportunity to really look at some of the alternatives there and actually share uh, what they would be. Now, with the technologies, it not only immediately was able to share the multiple things on the screen that I was able to see, but it also had information about the estimating, information about the specifications, information about financing, all within the whole online experience. The long and the short of it, from an innovative point of view, I came away, coming away from this person that his whole life was devoted to more across-the-table kind of selling to really realize this is the future, and that is more of an interactive uh, technology uh, that, that's uh, interacting with the client and having that kind of experience. One of the things my friend, you know, really studied was the amount of time that a salesperson spends in the car. If they're doing, you know, four, five, six, you know, new sales appointments or even more per week, they spend as much as 40 to 60% of their time literally traveling around, going from place to place. And if you can eliminate that big chunk of time and literally devote it back to that experience, it makes a big difference. Number three, a little bit different kind of theme. It's not so much about selling. It's not so much about, you know, what do you do with the materials that are left over. It's uh, a company out there that I work with uh, actually on an annualized basis brings in someone from the clothing industry and does a, does a presentation on dress for success. And they actually have a sales meeting that's really wrapped around this dress for success. And as simple as it really sounds, it's kind of a makeover of what that person that comes in the home looks like, feels like. What are the current trends? You know, what is that first impression? We all know the importance of that. But what I think is innovative is that one of the more uncomfortable things for sales leadership or sales managers is when you're talking to a salesperson is how do you have that person go to finishing school? How do you take them to the next level? And what's kind of fun about this is they do it in really more of a group setting where they bring in mannequins and they actually have some fun with the exercises and then they even have some contests so that they are able to give to some of their salespeople the opportunity to go out and either have a personal makeover or have a situation where they'll be able to leverage some of the knowledge that they gain. The number four item uh, that I've highlighted as being more innovative is on the lead generation. Now, leads have always come in in a lot of the traditional ways. You know, the specialty type companies, they do a tremendous amount of, of, of expense when it comes to marketing and lead generation and advertising and all these kind of things. In many ways, they'll spend 10 to 20% of their total revenues just on generating leads. You know, some of the full-service design build companies, they don't have nearly the levels of expense, oftentimes 1% to 5% of the budgeted amount. But still, you know, they wake up every morning kind of crossing their fingers as it relates to lead generation. There are some companies out there, some of the better companies, they are really approaching lead generation in a much more innovative way. They actually have brainstorming sessions on where the leads are coming from when it comes to personal referrals, when it comes to networking kind of activities. The ones that are really innovative, they actually not only uh, do more of those kind of lead generation activities, but what they also do is they quantify the value of it. 
By quantifying the value of a lead generation activity, you can now measure what you need to do to get the results you'd want. For example, if you're going out and visiting a past client, that might have a value of one. If you're creating a dinner with five past clients and taking them to a special uh, event, like a baseball game or something, that might have a value of 10. So you take different kinds of activities and determine the amount of value it is. And then what is cool about this concept is you create accountability. You now deputize everyone in your company who wants to grow, who wants to improve, who wants to take the company to the next level, and you actually give them a certain amount of activities that they can do themselves, but they are accountable for doing that amount of activities per month or per quarter. Now, they can have the flexibility of doing different creative things that kind of fit what they want to do, but if at the end of the day they have to do a certain amount of activities. And as a result of this, this creates, I think, a much more predictable flow of lead generation activity. Number five, we oftentimes talking about sales and marketing when it comes to innovation, but there's a lot of other innovative things. You know, an area that I think there's a lot of potential innovation is, is in the labor shortage issue that is happening out there. We all understand and we all agree that it exists. But what's interesting is what are we doing about it? There's a tremendous amount of buzz out there in the industry about, oh, our young people need to move into the trades. Uh, you know, but the reality is, I think for a lot of young people, they're just not interested in that. Matter of fact, Harvard actually did a little bit of a study that I thought was kind of interesting where they surveyed the younger generation and it was a, more than 50% of them said that there's not enough money out there. They can't be paid enough that would want them to become uh, construction workers. So the reality is I think we need to think about labor in an innovative way, not necessarily in just in improving immigration and also just uh, dealing with trying to encourage our young people to get involved in construction. Of course, we want to do those things too. But in more innovative ways, I think we ought to think about, you know, what is a faster way that you can do things? What is a way that you can squeeze out labor? There's a lot of Kaizen approaches in terms of efficiencies and time studies and those kind of things that a company can do, and they can save oftentimes 10 to 20% in terms of the amount of labor that's involved in a project in an innovative way that not only reduces the amount of labor hours in there, but also makes the project happen faster, sees the project more profitable, but also creates a delighted client, I think, in the process. You know, this subject of labor comes in a lot of different ways. How much time are you spending looking at the products that you're specifying in terms of the amount of labor time to install it? Maybe you ought to really encourage the manufacturers, encourage the suppliers to be focused more on labor installation and, and savings in labor and get innovative in that way to really combat this, this particular problem. Another area I see with innovation in different companies out there, which is really more of a longer-term thing, but it's the whole subject of transitions. It's the whole subject of secession within the business itself. You know, it's time, I think, for a lot of owners out there to get a little bit innovative and creative when it comes to this. One rule of thumb, I think, when it comes to transition is you've got to think about it long, long in advance. 
the better owners, the better leaders out there are thinking in terms of a window of five to ten years out in terms of what those transitions are. Well, there's a lot of ways to create, I think, the stickiness and the innovative kind of ways in terms of transitions. Needless to say, first and foremost, in an innovative way, you've got to start to think about who are the future leaders? Who is it in your organization that, quite frankly, is going to fire you in the future that allows you to move on to a different passage? Once you create, I think, that who it is, you need to start to have innovative ways that you're investing time and energy in developing and training those folks. You know, one way to do that is if communication is one of the key leadership skills, is have innovative ways that they can get out and speak to other organizations. Those speaking or public speaking skills, communication skills, are really key to their future. But also think about how to create kind of the stickiness to keep them in your organization. There's a lot of creative ways that I've worked with companies on in terms of deferred comp, comp programs, stocks, uh, ESOP type concepts, those kind of things. But also just in general, transitions in terms of you know, giving them different titles and ways to be innovative in the process. Number seven is really outside of the remodeling industry, but to me it's a wonderful little example of how an industry or how a particular practice started to become uh, uh, innovative as way. And I think you can take, I think, some of these lessons from other industries. There's so many out there, and I think you can see a lot of success if you look at it the right way. This particular industry happens to be the industry of medicine or a chiropractor's type of practice. One of the challenges I think chiropractors have when it comes is they have someone in pain and all they want to do is fix themselves and get out of pain. Based on the financial model of a chiropractor and based on their advice to the client, it's the ongoing maintenance that not only creates the revenue stream for a chiropractor, but it's also uh, the, the, what they know is best for the client. The problem with that is it's very, very hard for many chiropractors to get clients to come back for, for literally regular maintenance on a regular period of time. So I was talking to a friend of mine who was a chiropractor, and I was talking about that process, that client process, that psychological process. And one of the things he said was the key to the process is an x-ray. The key to the process is an x-ray. Now, x-rays, if you really think about it in remodeling terms, are something you could also do yourself. So in a chiropractor's term, one of the things they do is they have that someone come into their office with pain who has an issue of some sort of type. But one of the things this particular fellow does is he recommends immediately that they get an x-ray. Whether it's internally or externally, they get an x-ray to start. Now, having that x-ray really sets up a second visit. That second visit then allows some logical, factual information about that particular client that you can then start to have a prescription in terms of a longer-term kind of improvement plan. The client can then, or patient, can then commit to that longer-term improvement plan, and it really is generated as a result of this x-ray. This particular chiropractor went from doing about 30 or 40 chiropractic, uh, pr chiropractic visits a day to about 60 in large part because of this particular technique.
So as you think about your remodeling business, what is the x-ray? What is that thing that is what, the thing you need to get the stickiness to get the client really involved? You know, in the automobile industry, another friend of mine talks, you know, it's not about selling cars. It's about, it's about selling a test drive. And if you can sell that test drive, I think that's where you see the success. Another innovative example I want to touch on, this is number eight, and that is the use of different kinds of technologies in the home. For example, there are companies out there that are using drones, not drones just to to create, I think, different kind of visual uh, views of, of, of the home, but they're also utilizing that data. A drone today flying around the home can not only extract the data and the measurements and all the things that are required for you to do what you need to do, but it's also able to give you a different perspective. It's also able to give you data in terms of not only what this home is, but also what the other adjoining homes are. So as you think about it, it's not necessarily going out and getting drones for what you do, but start to think about the whole subject in such a way of what are those technologies, what are those real technologies that I need to start to have an edge about that not only give me information and really benefit, but also they give me uh, a differentiator. They allow me to show my clients we're very forward-thinking, and all of a sudden that forward-thinking translates into building more value for the client, which in terms certainly will justify your price. Number nine is a topic that I've really talked about in the past. As a matter of fact, I did a whole podcast on this subject, if you want to go back and search it. And that is using other models, like I mentioned before with the x-ray, but using other models in terms of innovation uh, to help. Now, uh, about a year ago, uh, I was looking for a new car. And I, I was really wanted something a little bit different than I was driving before, wanted to, you know, really walk up to the car and have a different kind of experience. Long and the short of it is I, I decided I wanted to take a look at the Tesla. Well, I not only ultimately became a client of the Tesla, but I've also studied the Tesla selling experience, the Tesla client experience. What Tesla does, and it's so smart and so innovative, is they take in every little step in the process and they've changed it to be much more beneficial. The whole notion of buying a car, I think for most people, is kind of annoying and not necessarily a fun thing to be able to do. We have this image, we even laugh about the used car salesman or the car salesman being kind of the, the vulture standing on, on the curb waiting for the clients to show up. Well, Tesla takes a very different approach, and it starts with really the technologies, not only of the product itself, but also the technology of the buying experience. They look at the selection process in such a way. So you actually come in and you get exposed to many of the different things within the little Tesla showrooms, which are really very simplified, but very customized for the particular client. Unlike the traditional selling of the car experience. They don't let you drive the car right away. They have you make an appointment to come back and drive the vehicle. 
Now, if you really think about that for a moment as an innovative approach, you know, what they're doing in the course of it is they're building time from the point you're exposed to the car to the point you're coming back. Now, what they do in the course of that generally five to seven days of coming back and driving the vehicle is they start to drip, 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 drip. They start to give you different information. They have a process in terms of being able to sell your old car that it's done not by inspecting the car, but it's all done using technologies and able to get a more of a broker process and getting the maximum return. They're able to get financing and have all of those boxes checked off, and their financing is lower than anything that you can get, so it's another non-event in the selling process. So by the time you get to the actual test drive itself, it's not so much at that point of do I want to buy the car or not. It's more about do I want to reserve my order? Do I want to customize a car, customize an order for myself? And within the financing, within the purchase of your old car, it's an extremely fast process. So I'd strongly encourage not so much people getting out there and buying a Tesla. It's certainly a very, very good decision if that's what you decide to do. But what I do encourage is you get out there and experience what it's like for a consumer or a client to experience the Tesla process. And if you can even start to or begin to emulate that process in your remodeling business, you're going to see a lot more success. So the last example of innovation I really want to touch on today is home shows. You know, I think most remodelers, many remodelers do a lot of different events, a lot of different home shows. But the reality is, is I think for most of your team and certainly for most of the people that experience it, it's really not a very great innovative experience. There are folks out there that I work with and certainly know that are doing some really cool things. One example my friend Tanya Donahue with Rhode Island Kitchen and Bath recently shared with me is she actually focused not so much just on the booth. They want all the innovative products and services just like anyone does. But they focused on the people that were at the home show. They focused on making how they look and feel about themselves the real priority. So they actually created a special type of clothing and outfit that was really designed as very, very fun, very trendy, and very cool for the people that were working. They had... Uh, red uh, Nike shoes. They had these black kind of very tailored outfits they were wearing. They had different kind of things that they were weaving into their appearance at the home show. Well, what was innovative about it is that it not only inspired the team, it also created some real buzz at the show itself. All of a sudden, everyone started to talk about these people that were dressed a certain way, and now it became a magnet for other talent talented people that happen to be working in the in in many of the other booths that were out there that really weren't very innovative and weren't very inspiring and weren't very motivating what they're doing. So not only did it have a benefit to the team, it had a benefit certainly to the consumer, but it also had a benefit <clears throat> in terms of as as kind of a recruiting effort in terms of, you know, saying to the world and the rest of the industry, look, this is who we are. We're very innovative, we're very cool, and if you want to work with this kind of company, we're the right people to be part of. 
So I want to close, you know, with, with just a couple of thoughts here. I've given you certainly a lot of examples of innovative kind of things. I'm just trying to encourage you to think innovative as opposed to think the way it always was. Try to look to the future. Spend some amount of time thinking about the future, not just about the today and certainly the past. You know, innovation, as we talk about these things, is very much of a mindset. It's not about an expense. It's very much of a mindset. It's how you look at things. It's not necessarily what you do. I do like this one adage that I heard from a board member recently that was really, I think, quite inspiring. It's a theme for his company. He says, think big, start small, and act fast. And I think when it comes to innovation, I think it's important that you think big, that you do some little things first, just little innovative things, but you do it today. You act fast on it. And last thing is, you know, life is too crazy right now. We're all time starved. You know, innovation really allows you to get fun back into your business. And I think the more that you can do that, the more fun the business is going to be, uh, it, it's just going to be a life changer. So again, just in closing, I want to thank all my friends that support this. I want to encourage you to come in September on the 6th and 7th to the Innovative uh, Selling Process at the Extreme Sales Summit in Philadelphia. Again, thank my friends at NARI, National Associated Modeling Industry. Thank certainly my friends at Professional Remodeler, as well as those that put together this particular podcast for you, the friends at Surefire Local. Take care, everyone. Thank you, Mark. You just listened to episode 97 of Mark G. Richardson's hit podcast series, Remodeling Mastery, brought to you by Surefire Local. We hope you enjoyed today's topic. Coming up on June 21st, Mark will be hosting a live webinar on time mastery. If you'd like to sign up, please email marketing at surefirelocal.com or go to www.surefirelocal.com and click the link at the top of our homepage. We hope to see you there.